0: movie that is re-releasing in theaters. Pastor Greg, I want to open it up with you talking about this movie. We could probably go a whole hour on the movie just because what God has done is so amazing. The last time we were with you guys live, the movie was about to come out, and here we are now, the aftermath, and i'll have you announce also the re-release which is going to be massive i know theaters are adding showtimes our theater just added four showtimes so we have four showtimes now in two days and it's packing out every theater i think this is going to be much bigger than the beginning or the first showing because everyone's bringing their friends and family so pastor greg talk to us a little bit about the movie what's happened after the movie some behind the scenes maybe that you haven't talked about yet and then we'll maybe share some testimonies as well and go wherever you guys feel we could go
1: Well, we certainly blew away all the numbers that Fathom and anybody ever expected in Hollywood. You guys know that we were number four in the box office for a one-night release, and then praise be unto God, we were the number one per screen viewed movie in America. Over 80,000 people uh, sitting in theaters, and what people don't know is that not only were the police called in a few situations, and Pagani knows about that (laughs) one, but uh, there were probably almost 15 packed theaters. They gave everybody their money back and refused to show the movie and pushed people away. So the numbers are really even higher than that. And so, you know, the the 15,000 number is what Fathom looks at. They call it the golden ticket. They want that many tickets sold the week of a Fathom event. And so obviously the Lord surpassed that. We had 80,000 plus people in theaters and get this you know, what is this, the 28th, 29th? And so we still have, you know, a couple of good weeks before the re-release comes out right after Easter on the 10th and 11th, and we're already over 40,000 tickets already uh, for the second release. And so let's push, mash the gas, and God's gonna do it, I'm telling you. And then if it does well, I think it'll be kind of like, you know, The Left Behind and Super Spreader and some of the other faith-based films that came out, they'll let it kind of keep going for a little bit, not just the two nights. And there's already talks for a third re-release. Uh, we're already figuring out some international release for Australia, uh, South Africa, you know, so, so they can see it down there uh, at Profit's Place. That's going to be good. So he's super excited about that. Canada, uh, UK, really just all over the world. And so it's going to be great. We'll eventually give it to a streaming service and kind of see how that goes. We actually get to do that a lot quicker than we thought. I thought it would be this fall. So when, you know, hundreds of thousands of people watch it, that's one thing, but when they have a streaming service, that's when I think millions of people around the world will see what's taking place. Mm -hmm. And so it's going to be super exciting. So already over 40,000 tickets sold Still a couple of weeks. And so, Hey, let's mash the gas and build the kingdom. It's going to be beautiful.
0: Can you give us any insight? I know maybe you don't know exactly, but what month are we looking at possibly to have it come to streaming or have it come to other platforms and then how much do I have to pay to get it on YouTube because that's what everyone wants to know <laughs> can, I get, can I get in the bidding for being one of the streaming yeah. platforms what is that going to look we'll, like because we'll I know for the ma- the millions of people that want to see it that are unable to get to a theater in the US obviously a lot of us have huge followings internationally all of us here so what would it look like month wise because the people are chomping at the bit to get the movie on Netflix or on streaming or on yep. Pureflix or on my YouTube channel
1: or any of the other yeah. places, what does that <laughs> l- might look like? Well, I mean, it, w- it was so successful. I mean, they're really coming to us at this point. You know, this is not anything we even have to sell at this point. They're coming to us. You know, Iconic is now trying to trump fathom. They're like, hey, well, you want to do live mass deliverances? You want to re-release the movie? And oh. so they're like, wow, we got a tiger by the tail. We got lightning in a bottle theologically at this point. And so they're coming to us. And so I would say without, you know, having to, you know, really o- oversell it and under it, it should probably be on whatever streaming service by I would say the 1st of July, right? And and I think that's even pushing it out there. I think it can be by June, maybe even by the middle of May, because we thought it was going to take a long time. But in our contract, we really get the rights back to it right after it re-releases in the movie theater. And so probably sometime in May, somebody's going to want it. I mean, Netflix and others are already kind of, you know, chomping at the bit. So we'll see. Again, that's when the world gets to see it at that point. And then we can still re-release it. You know, at that point, it's hours, DVDs, you know, whatever, you know, Isaiah is going to bootleg it. Put Come on channel, now. Put I away. might have to just bootleg in the theater and put
0: it on YouTube and see if you guys copyright strike me. See if you file a claim against me. I'm going to have to call the guys at Fathom. What I want to say something that might make the religious people mad, but I feel this in my spirit just just popped up. And I know this mm-hmm. can make people, oh, I can't believe he said he felt it in the spirit. I do feel this is going to be the summer of deliverance. I know everyone says, what yeah. is this the summer of? But man, this movie coming out in the summertime, because really we haven't touched it. We haven't touched the world with it until it comes out in streaming, because again, in theaters people aren't able to see it but i think this is going to be the summer of deliverance it's going to be unstoppable and one thing i wanted to talk to you guys all about and i'm excited about whether good or bad this is getting the global church to talk about deliverance someone talk to me here everyone is talking about and we're not trying to take credit and say oh we're the ones that started the conversation I don't care who started it I just want the conversation Mm -hmm. to happen I have never seen and you guys have been in the ministry longer than me I have never seen this much talk on deliverance online good and bad and again negative press is still press so man talk to me guys about some of the pastors you're seeing talk about it I we can't name all of them but some big leaders that would never never talk deliverance are talking it are teaching it are excited about it what do you guys think about the impact this is have glow this is having globally on the body of Christ when it
2: comes to deliverance you know I've had uh various uh conversations even as early as today with the uh founder and leader of Charisma house publishing um and we were discussing how uh this movie Um, has sparked uh, universally the body of Christ uh, to be able to at least talk about the ministry Mm. of deliverance, whether for or against. So it's kind of like Philippians chapter one, where the apostle Paul said, you know, whether they do it in pretense or whether they do it from a sincere heart, Christ is preached. So, that you know, so the second thing that we talked about was uh, that, that even the antagonizers, and this is not a shot to antagonizers, because we're not going to start the program like that, but I Go would ahead, say shoot this, him, bro. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> even with the antagonizers, <laughs> and those who are, let's say, anti, um, they're, they are actually, believe it or not, building the algorithm and also yes. pushing it out. Because as long as the conversation keeps going, the algorithm picks it up and perpetuates and pushes out either the movie or at least the topic of the Ministry of Deliverance. So there's no way to stop this. So... I genuinely believe uh, that this is a God thing that everyone that I know, at least all the pastors that I know, um, either are making reference to it in their social media platforms or in their churches. So that's a good thing. So good. Anyone else have anything when it comes to
0: this going viral with pastors, with leaders?
3: Yeah, well, I'll just say, you know, there's two kinds of leadership. There's bottom, there's top down, and then there's bottom up. And see, sometimes what happens is when the top-down leadership is not acknowledging something, the bottom-up starts on. to acknowledge it. And that's really what's happening right now is the people are getting loud. The pastors and the theologians and the people hiding in the ivory towers of academia that don't actually do ministry, but they just hypothesize about what could happen in ministry, they can keep having their conversations, but the Ooh. people are getting real loud, and they're saying, we are desperate, we need freedom. And so this is truly what I believe is a bottom 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 up movement and and it is forcing the conversation. I do want to give props to a lot of pastors who've been reaching out to me saying, Pastor Mike, I you know what? I'm I was convicted. I want to learn now. I'm getting ready to train a crazy amount of pastors right now. And then I've been getting voice memos and my DMs blowing up from pastors saying, well, what would it look like for me to bring this into my church on a regular basis? And how would you do that? So there's a lot of infrastructure being built. And unfortunately, the negative people can tend to seem the loudest, but I'm telling you, the people are even louder if you have your ear open to hear them. There, this is, this is definitely a movement.
0: Come on, Amen. I love it. And I, I've had several notable pastors message me and say, okay, I've been against deliverance. I don't want nothing to do with it, but I can't stop my people from talking about it. And I had one pastor tell me, Hey, I I just, I wasn't agreeing with it. I was against it. And I sat down and I read the new Testament with a new lens, a new, uh, new eyes. And he said, I can't believe I've missed this. I can't believe I've Mm -hmm. read through the gospels, preached through the gospels over and over. And I missed the ministry of casting out demons. So he said, I'm humbling myself. I want to learn where do I start? And I tell every pastor the same, start with the ministry of Jesus casting out devils because no one can argue what Jesus did, but there's definitely a hunger right now. You know, I want to also talk about the night of the movie. I honestly, guys, I don't know if I've ever felt this way before. I sat in that theater as Pastor Greg, you were doing the mass deliverance, which let me just say this, okay? I know I'm a little bit raw and just, you know, strong sometimes. I loved the movie, it was amazing. I cried, it was powerful. But honestly, in the in the theater, my favorite part was the mass deliverance at the end. I just could not believe, when you were praying through all these things, I had friends and family I brought, because I'm like, I'm bringing everybody, I'm getting my family saved. And I had friends and family that were manifesting, that were getting delivered. I talked to several people just this last week that have never manifested or been delivered in any of our services, and they got deliverance in the movie theater. One girl told me, she said, I was in there for two hours being delivered. The theater let us just do deliverance. And so God is really reaching people that are unreached that would never go to a church would never i had family that would never go to my services but they would go to the theater and they saw the movie they got deliverance Mm -hmm. you doing that 30 minute prayer someone in the chat let me know was so life-changing and i felt In the spirit realm something changed in 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 the kingdom right there i felt a shift something happened i can't explain what there was a shift that happened when i looked down because i was i was in about the middle 300 seats in the theater i was at it was a large theater and i looked down at all of these people crying praying for each other calling out to god some people vomiting some people on their knees some people looking around and i just thought we're in a secular movie theater and there was movie theater workers in there the entire time they were they heard about the movie and they were kind of standing on the side of the wall watching it and i just thought god this has to be you god you are doing something in this generation when the world is doing the demonic transgender dancing at the red carpet and the grammys and they get five minutes of fame god says i will pour out my spirit and i really feel god The contrast to the shootings and the debauchery and the trans agenda and everything we're seeing i could go on and on and on and i'm not singling anyone out there's so much debauchery right now god says yeah the devil's doing that but look at me 2,000, 3,000 theaters, the gospel's being proclaimed because there was, for all those that haven't seen it in the theater, there's obviously a lot of people watching that haven't seen it. There was a full gospel presentation at the end uh, uh, where, hey, if you want to serve Jesus, this is the cost. It wasn't some watered down, just repeat after me. It was the real cost. And then there was a prayer of deliverance. And Mm -hmm. man, I saw Pagani posting, uh, Mike, you posted of Talk to me guys a little bit about the atmosphere in the theaters cuz my I didn't even know what to say. I my man my wife we couldn't sleep that night. I told her I said I don't even know. Yeah. I'm so I'm so yeah. high on the most high. I was just buzzing because I'm like, "Honey, do you realize we are a part of history? Like this is going to yeah. be talked about 100 150 years. This is and we don't I don't want to say this cliche this is absolutely historic and I just go man I'm so blessed to just play a small part in what God is doing I don't care if I'm in the sound booth I just want to be a small part of what God is doing and so that to me uh Pastor Greg I don't know why I keep calling you Pastor Greg you know but Greg why it was so just um powerful for me life-changing for me and why I just can't wait to get back in April 10th and pack out more theaters we already have four showings that are getting packed out and this is I'm telling you guys watching this if you're on the fence Please hear me when I say this. This movie is life-changing. This is not an entertainment yeah. thing. This movie will yeah. literally change your life. And so if I was you, I would get, while you can, get every friend, every family there to the theater. Talk to me, guys. I know I always try not to be the one that talks the whole time, but I end up being the guy that yeah. talks the whole time. Yeah, us, Talk to me,
4: guys, about the theater. I think, Isaiah, that for us, who've been doing deliverance behind the scenes for a long time,
1: yeah.
4: this was, even if we were not be in the film, but to be in an atmosphere mm. where mass mm-hmm. deliverance is taking place. I literally felt like I was at a deliverance conference. Yeah. I mean, imagine deliverance conference taking place and 80,000 people are present all throughout 2000 little hubs you know, that are movie theaters. And it's interesting that it did not happen in church because mm. I don't think the church right now is ready for that yet. But it happened in in a place where a lot of church people can go to and they can bring their non-Christian friends. And so when we were there, um, you know, with my wife, we were in a small theater, there were two theaters that were open. And the the moment the mass prayer started, you know, of course, nobody left because there was, you know, a, a preparation that don't leave, stay for prayer and seeing that I just couldn't believe my eyes the fact that people are renouncing. You know, mm. the buckets where the popcorn was going in, now the vomit goes into that bucket and pretty much it <laughs> serves a dual purpose. Come and on. then you're seeing people start breaking down, start crying. And then conversations, spiritual conversations are happening in the lobby. And what you mentioned Isaiah, we had a similar situation where a young men recently started to come to our church for about two months. And his family brought him there, he's a teenager, and I met met with them before uh, the movie, and then as we um, talked to him, he was in a different theater. And so I asked him, like, "Hey, how'd you guys like the movie?" And you know, and he's like, "Hey, I actually got delivered." And so I, okay. I asked his mom, I'm like, so what happened?" You know, I kind of thought maybe he cuffed, you know, little domesticated demons and stuff. So, but he was like full blown, <laughs> vomiting, <laughs> yelling, screaming, people holding him. You know, and he comes to our church. And it was actually at the theater that the demon manifested, Um, and so I really think that it's a very there's an anointing. I could definitely we could definitely sense this is not just Greg, you know, leveraged the media influence, the deliverance, but there's definitely an anointing. Yeah, this is a season where Mm -hmm. I feel like if people are going to be attacking the ministry of deliverance in the light of what is happening in our culture with the rampant rise of witchcraft, Mm. with the rampant rise of suicide and death and the lord raising up the ministry of deliverance at the same time to combat come that i feel like yep. if anybody talks against that today it's please forgive me for that terminology but it's like pissing against the wind this is not gonna work this is really not a good idea and so i just want to challenge every pastor every leader please guys we have one common enemy our come our enemy yes. your enemy is not us your enemy is not another believer. Your enemy is the demon, Satan, witchcraft, principalities. Yeah. That is our enemy. Let's rally together. You don't have to agree with everything on us. You don't have to like us, um, but we have to come together because the Lord is in this. He is moving right now. We're seeing. Yeah, yeah. It, It's a move of the Holy Spirit. There's yes. no way to explain that. You cannot make people manifest, get delivered, get healed all throughout the United States by a prayer through a screen, unless it's sanctioned mm, by the spirit of God that's
0: itself. It. So good. Hallelujah. Pastor Greg, will there be another mass deliverance for the reshowing?
1: Will there be another rerun of that? Or what's that going to look like? Uh, at the end of this one, they're not going to have the full-blown mass deliverance prayer. But what they're going to do is, well, obviously people are going to be ready at this point and just be dispatched and cast out demons. Before it comes up, before the movie starts... Uh, I actually come on and I do a little thing from the studio and before the movie and after the movie a QR code comes up that takes them directly to that, so that they can do if they want to go home and watch mm. it, or somebody wants to pull it up, just start right there, you know, in the movie theater. So we don't get the full thirty-minute, you know, live or pre-recorded effect anymore. But the the YouTube video will pop up on somebody's phone or whatever if they download the the link there. So hopefully we can just get an army of the people that went the first time to stand up and just start doing it. Which I was going to really say, is, is I would encourage you,
0: yes, yeah, stand up. I'm going to do it. Stand up in the theater and yeah. just start leading people through mass deliverance and start praying for people i saw now some now this was the case for what i saw but some of you guys have different experiences the theaters were very charitable Uh, the theater we were at they let us stay as late as we wanted we were in the lobby in the hallway they loved it they were like oh this is exciting what's going on there's hundreds of people outside here so i think the theaters are charitable of course be respectful if they're telling you to leave don't get trespassed but at the same time what was your experience uh pagani and mike like in the theaters because you guys posted some really powerful footage of deliverances happening in the theaters
2: Well, in New York City, in the Bronx, and Mike can uh, testify to this, the the dynamic was a little bit was a little bit different. I mean, it got demonstrative very quickly. Like as soon as uh, Pastor Greg uh, started renouncing, um, there was immediate manifestation and um, we had no interference that whole time. We were there for about an hour, maybe about an hour and a half. And um, it was the most amazing thing. I personally went around the whole theater and my on. staff went around the whole theater yeah. and laid hands and prayed for everybody there, which is why you still some of the pictures and the videos uh, that were there. And even when I stepped out into the hallway to interview people, which I haven't posted those videos, um, yet um, you could hear whales from the inside and people coming out and they um, delivered and I'm interviewing people as soon as they come out tell me what's going on and they're like oh my god I never experienced anything like that but here's one thing and I shared with you guys and I thought this would be a, a really good testimonial is um, halfway or in the beginning of the movie um, a well-known Calvinist <laughs> um walked into the theater and I told the guys this um when I saw this individual walk in he's primarily known for being you know a hyper calvinist so my guard went up I'm not going to lie and I was like oh man here he is this person's going to be here to antagonize and do all of this stuff so I had my eye on him when pastor Greg started leading this is a true story when pastor Greg started leading in the mass deliverance and the renouncing I turned my head to look at this individual and this person was praying the prayer of renouncing and i was so shocked that i grabbed my wife's phone because my son my youngest son was already videotaping everybody else and i recorded this individual i recorded no no shame (laughs) prayer and And when I stepped back, the prophets of our started prophesying to him, releasing the word of the Lord over him. And this person was absolutely impacted. Now to to make sure that I didn't mess up the moment, I didn't find him, I didn't go look for him. I just let it be. I walked away in a different direction. But that was one of the highlights to be able to just see a person that was Who primarily criticizes our church at the end um had everything to lose because we kind of saw this in we all saw this individual walk in because we always whisper like oh did you see this person just walk in the theater you know to see this individual at the end pray the prayer of deliverance and mass deliverance and get touched by the power of god yeah that enough was I knew that we had hit something historic and iconic mm. that cannot be replicated. This was a god, this was a god thing. It was a god thing, at least for us. Pastor Mike, I know great things. Yeah, right uh, yeah, yeah. no, listen, I'll
3: echo that. Well, I'm gonna get in trouble for what I'm about to say, but Acts chapter <laughs> Every one, one of us verse says eight, that when
2: we talk, we're like,
3: yeah, we're about to get in
1: trouble.
3: Yeah, we're about to get in trouble. So Acts chapter one, verse eight says, After the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power to be my witnesses. And I'm really commissioning everybody who can hear me under the sound of my voice right now to become holy agitators for the next yeah. screening. Because so for us, we had manifestations happening, but it, it felt like there was more that needed to happen. So I physically stood up on a chair and I was yeah. just like, "Hey, everybody! You probably saw me in the movie. Some some people are already receiving prayer. If you need more prayer, or if you feel like you know you need more, just come on down." And we started a prayer line all the way out the theater door and it that's when everything went ballistic so i would just commission everybody here that to operate not under rebellion but actually holy spirit boldness and to stand up, and it was funny because we had V1 church leaders spread out across America, and without me even telling my other leaders that I stood up on a chair and did that, they all texted, Pastor Mike, we felt like there is more, we all stood up. So I had leaders standing up on chairs all across America, just agitating. So, you know, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. Mm. I mean, and so I'm so thankful that I stepped into that moment because one of the women that I did deliverance on was a former pastor on Long Island for 30 years, had left the church, gotten into alcoholism really deep, and she got completely and totally free. And, and then the weirdest thing is, and I mean, listen, I've done videos on this and we all have, I, you know, you, you don't have to vomit when demons come out. That's right. You know, I just want to be clear. Come on but out. I don't know what was happening, but I think when Pastor Greg was leading that mass deliverance moment, coupled with us all just going for it, people were legit projectile vomiting. I've never, I told this to my team, I'm like, I've been doing deliverance since the late 90s. I have never seen that much vomit at the same time. And the the spiritual, I was like, Lord, is there a spiritual implication to this? And I don't want to be weird, but, you know, we talk about how to cast out means ek below, you know, that forcibly remove off of territory. And I I think sometimes when there is vomiting, it's just, there's something about the spiritual significance of forcibly removing these Mm. demons. There was just such a strong anointing in that room. And I I was disgusted and delighted at the same time, but I'm believing for greater coming up real soon.
0: I'm I'm glad you said that because a lot of the critics say, Oh, they always want to criticize the vomiting. Oh, people are vomiting. People are coughing up. And these are people that obviously don't do deliverance because once you do it, you're like, Oh, this just happens. But guys, we're not over spiritualizing it a demon moving out of your body out of, up through your esophagus it causes your body to gag reflex that's all it is so I love what Pastor Mike just said is like you don't have to vomit to get delivered but when there's demons in there and you're forcing them out you're driving them out and one thing I do want to talk about tonight guys is demons always come out they never come off so we're not talking about we need to make sure we're proper in our theology we're not talking about demons coming off of people or being spatially around people and I debated this over and over again you know I have a friend in the chat me and him had a multiple hour conversation last week on this you know he's I just can't grasp a demon being in a Christian I said well demons are always in people Demons don't dwell on you. They dwell in you. There's nowhere in the Bible where demon dwelled on people that Jesus cast off of them. So if we're going to be biblically correct, the demons are coming out of us. So they live inside of us, Matthew 12. And when we're driving them out forcefully, I think it was Frank Hammond used to say that the mouth is the front door of the house. The eyes are the windows. So he said that oftentimes the demons will come out of the front door. And, you know, when that demon comes out of your house, out that front door, the vomiting, the gagging, the coughing is part of it the screaming and you're like well, where's that in the bible acts chapter 8 the bible says and they were screaming as demons yep. left them so that loud screaming that that screeching that we hear all the time when you're actually doing deliverance is from that now a lot of guys that teach on this unfortunately don't do deliverance so they get up behind the pulpit and say oh mm-hmm. this vomiting this coughing this screaming that doesn't happen and then their answer is so they're to us we're just to to, uh, to We're wrong to them. Like to them, we're just wrong. But their answer is just don't do deliverance. So we're doing it wrong, but they're not doing anything. So my thing (laughs) is like, show us an alternative. If there is no screaming, throwing up, coughing, what are your guys' thoughts on some of the manifestations we see with coughing, vomiting, throwing up, screaming? Because it is a stumbling block. Let's just be honest. To new people, they're like, oh, why are people vomiting? We're not trying to make them vomit. It's just part of the manifestation of a demon being driven out. Does anyone have any revelation on this?
2: Yeah. I think, I think, um, I, I think it's only an issue in Western civilization. Yes. I think, I, I think if you have a global perspective, I think the only people that are having an issue with this form of deliverance are Americans. Mm. Um, I think everywhere else, I think it's not a problem. Let me give you an example. You go to the Caribbean, we don't have that problem. That's right. Which is why <laughs> in Bronx and in New York City, Um, you know, sometimes I right. actually country doing deliverance and teaching and training deliverance i'm only finding this happening more like in the more uh i don't want to say bible belt but just out west anywhere outside of the inner city where there's not a lot of maybe um minorities all right for us this is normal so demons manifesting we we grew up around demons you know <laughs> so so when we see it manifest in the church we're like oh okay no that's normal for us why because it's part of the culture of everywhere else outside of this industrialized Western civilization that's built and predicated upon logic, reason, and science. I think that, I think we could start there. I think it's only the struggle yeah. here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. But I think Vlad could, because uh, Vlad was also talking to us about this international perspective. I think he could jump in and share a little bit more about that. I think we're just having this issue here, Vlad, in the U.S., but internationally, it's not, it really isn't a problem.
4: Yeah, I would agree with uh, Apostle Pagani. When I was introduced to deliverance mainly through Bob Larson and then we went to Africa and uh, when we saw, even before we went to do deliverance there, I just went to help my friend, missionary friend, and the deliverance stories that African believers told me in Tanzania, Mm. I mean, I was like, I can't, I don't believe in this. I was like, this, this is not possible. The, when the witch uh, becomes a hyena, attacks the pastor mm-hmm. and the pastor dies from a bite of a hyena. And then the witch turns back from a hyena to a, a physical female. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's not possible. I was like, that's fairy tales. And they're like, we saw it. Mm. this happened and i was like no way i was like this is not you know this is some fabricated stories and so and then we go into services and demons manifest there um in a in a way that is just it's mind-blowing so we didn't see that in the united states at the time it wasn't as evident and then when we would go to africa nigeria the ministry of prophet jb joshua and see uh deliverances happening there i mean i was sitting next to a running president a guy who was running for the president in kenya at the time and another person who had a very large church um, next to me and these people are dignitaries these people are have official offices political offices and the services are about 15 to 17 hours long one service not two three one service Mm. and demons coming out i mean left and right four or five hours mass deliverance taking Mm. place and guys sitting next to me because running for the president and absolutely not distracted by that, I'm not offended by that. And right. so, and I'm, you know I'm saying? <laughs> I am over there, I'm not feeling super comfortable, you know? But this guy next to me, I'm feeling bad for him. Wow. You know, cause I'm like, man, I, I feel like I need to lean on him and apologize. And and are right. sitting there like, amen, praise God, and all this stuff, and so- <laughs> Our and president would be sleeping. States, and we see pastors, not politicians, pastors, yeah. who are like, whoa, this shouldn't happen and stuff. So, wow. but I, I wonder sometimes if they watch these yoga videos, and they're pretty mm, yeah. popular now where people do this deep yoga and they manifest and they yell and they scream. And these are businessmen that go to this. this these are uh, movie stars that go to these, they lay on these mats and these yoga people come in and do all kinds of stuff on them. They yell, they scream, they vomit, they they do all of that. And, and I think that our culture is moving away from that very polished, you know, right. where you reserved and and all of that so i think that we as pastors shouldn't be afraid we're not pursuing that we're not seeking that but if there's a clash between two kingdoms and manifestation is one of the ways that people can get a window into the reality of the spiritual realm that this is happening like jesus came and the power of god was upon him the bible says that the demons screamed in the synagogue jewish people Mm. they're they're very reserved they're very quiet and in the synagogue it's not a loud environment and the demons spoke out the demons screamed and that we don't see an attack on Jesus because of that we look at the fruit we don't look at the manifestation and and I think we Mm -hmm. need to stop being afraid of the manifestations we need to love freedom love Jesus love the Holy Spirit and to realize that American Christians are not the definition of go the ahead. Whole Christianity go ahead so Vlad, we're not right. the special ones in fact I think we have a lot to learn from believers who are not in the United States but who yeah. are in other parts of the world who raise the dead during lunch breakfast and dinner and so who drive <laughs> out demons like crazy in China in India in in Pakistan in Africa in Siberia and other parts of the world that's so that's good great. you know we yeah. got interviewed at
0: the red carpet by a guy named Jay Slay who's one of uh, Greg's friends and and I believe it's your friend Greg Greg uh, or Jay Slay is that who he was and he basically said yeah. growing up he had heard about the supernatural in Africa and India you know he was a church kid like many of us and he thought in his head think about how crazy this is he said he thought in his head wait a minute so if I want to see the power of God I have to become poor and move to a third world country mm. like why is it yeah. in his head he was like so here in the Bible belt which I yeah. call the religious belt but that's another stream but here in their bible belt he's like i have to not see the power of god not see the miraculous not see demons cast out not see miracles but if i become poor and move to a third world country and do mission work then i can see god's power and that's something which i want to segue into the next conversation that derek prince would say i read this last night on my stream derek prince said When people say Christians can't have demon or can't get delivered, only unbelievers get delivered. Derek Prince is like, so do I have to become an unbeliever if I want to be delivered? Like, you're telling me the unbelievers could get deliverance, but the church can't get deliverance. So do I have to now not be a Christian if I want to get set free? And really it's like we have access to all these things in the Bible. They're still happening today. God desires to do them through every single one of us. And there's nothing more exciting than seeing these things in action. And part of it is the vomiting. Part of it is the screaming. Part of it is the manifestation. You just can't get around it. And for those that say, well, when I cast the demons, there's never a manifestation. I would question whether you're really casting out demons or you're just petting the demon and then them moving on um, because oftentimes these things do happen. Now, one argument that has been brought up and I know you guys don't want to talk about it. I personally don't want to talk about it. We're all tired of talking about it, but it's been blasted all over social media. The movie has brought this to the surface. And in my opinion, it's the biggest point of contention. And that is the demonization of Christians. The fact that Christians are Demonized and need deliverance. I, w- I want to read a portion of an article here in a minute. But what are some of your guys' thoughts on the conversation swirling about Christians being demonized? Is there any verbiage you'd use or way you would explain this? Because I'm going to tell you how I would explain it in a little bit. I'll give you guys a chance first, but. I just see a lot of arguments and a lot of division over, well, Christians don't need deliverance. It's like, oh, now that I'm a Christian, I don't get to be the provision of the cross. Matthew 8, 16. He cast out demons to fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah. So it's like, I don't get that now that I'm a Christian. Christians can't be delivered. Christians can't be free. You guys have any thoughts on the whole argument of Christians being demonized that's going on right now?
2: Well, it depends what you're referring to. Are you referring to the current trendy topic of can't, a Christian can't be demon possessed or are you talking about just the whole idea of demonization so yeah the know. whole idea of a Christian they say a Christian can't have a demon period
0: can't be in them they say mm. it's on them which we know is not scriptural so we could remove the argument of oppressed it's just on me which I have an article I'll read here in a little bit but I just think that this whole argument is a bogus it's like oh a Christian can't be dwell. they can't have a demon maybe they need a little bit like the demons in their front yard but it can't mess with their house it's just not what we see in the scripture um, Christians absolutely can be demonized. Deliverance is for the body of Christ. It's part of the provision. And we all teach, I think, if you open the door, the demons will come yeah. in, whether you're Christian or not. You're not insulated from demonic attack now that you're a Christian. But for some reason,
4: we have a, a mainline gospel that says yeah. demons can't touch Christians. I, I want to mention something, say I had a person actually that this just a few months ago, a person left our church and came back to visit our church and uh I met with him between the services and I said hey what, what is the thing that why you left the church and he said because of your stance on deliverance I was like man you should have known before coming to our <laughs> church that we have a very strong stance on deliverance yeah. and he's like I don't believe that Christians can have demons and I was like I'm, I'm okay with you I was like one question can Christians open doors to demons he said oh yes yes <laughs> I was like so how can they open doors if they cannot have demons yes mm. and he's like you're right that That's, hmm, hmm, And I was like, yeah, you just answered your own question. I was like, if we can open doors, then we can have demons. Otherwise, the Bible would never warn us, don't give place. And Apostle Pagani has a very good explanation of the word place in Ephesians that it it refers to. And it literally means that you can give a place to the enemy on the inside of you. That's good. Yeah,
1: they they say, say go, go ahead, Greg. I think one of the problems, in a good way, that the movie brought about is, you know, right now there's a lot of theologians, like you said, that are, they're talking about the demonization of Christians. Here's what's interesting. Those theologians are talking about it because the movie brought it to light, but they haven't watched the movie. Because what the movie did was create a problem for the theological world, that's why Calvinists are renouncing because it's so theologically well done. They think it's just going to be a bunch of screaming, right, a bunch of bunch of vomiting, it's going to look like some kind of, you know, Hollywood made up nonsense, but it's so theologically well done from start to finish, especially the, the whole beginning part with Vlad's very theological as he and I are going back, talking about this very issue, and then Pagani's jumping in and we're talking about forgiveness and the whole idea of the temple and all of that. And so these guys are walking away, nobody's really arguing. Against the movie from a theological perspective. And mm-hmm. so when people are writing these silly articles, we're sending them the movie, and then all of a sudden they're writing me and they get what I call the baptistic porky pig syndrome. They're like, but they don't know <laughs> really what to say at this point because it takes away their arguments. Because deliverance is a biblical, theological, deeply theological issue. And so they think, oh, yeah, this is just going to be a bunch of fantastical foolishness. But once they watch it, it's full of the Word of God. And then they can't deny it if they're really Bible believers. Because I tell our people, the only parts of the Bible you really believe are the parts that you really behave. So don't tell me you believe yeah. something if you don't believe yeah. something, right? It's like Pastor Mike said a couple of weeks ago, don't tell me you believe in deliverance, you don't do it, that's stupid, yeah. right? And so the on, theological preach. world right now is having a problem reconciling this because they thought it was all gonna be theatrics, but it was really a theological movie from a, yeah. from a documentary type of a standpoint. And they're like, wow, we don't know what to do with this. So right, wrong, or indifferent, People are talking about deliverance at unbelievable levels, and Christians are seeking deliverance at unbelievable levels. Because one of the things that I wanted to happen with this movie is exactly what happened. I didn't want my church to grow. I wanted the ministries involved to have people flooding to your churches, flooding to your crusades, flooding, and it's happening right now. You Uh guys are adding services, building buildings, you know, hiring security, people lying down the door. We're having, we're 60 weeks in. (laughs) on consecutive Sunday night mass deliverance, and they're getting bigger. They're not getting smaller. People are coming in from everywhere. And so I'm telling you, theologically, these people have a hard time because the Bible is for the fact that Christians can be harassed, oppressed, afflicted by demons. So my question is, why are we fighting about semantics? Why aren't we just getting people deliverance and casting out demons so they can be set free? That's the
0: real issue. So good. Let let me read this and I want to get your guys' thoughts on it, okay? I'm going to read you guys this portion of the article. For me, this is like encapsulates what I believe and what I teach and then I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. This is by Sam Storms. Maybe you guys have heard this already. Mm -hmm. Uh, He reposted it yesterday after I did my stream about his thing. I linked it in my stuff. So I want to give you guys the biblical definition of this and then this is kind of where my final stance on the matter what I'm going to say going forward I will never be using the words as I I haven't really in years but I for sure won't be I will not be using the words oppressed or possessed and I'm going to show you why so let me read this article by Sam Storms you can Google it I have it on my yesterday's video and then I'll get your guys's thoughts on it do you guys mind if I do that really quick go ahead okay so he says some of you are probably wondering this is Sam Storms he said some of you are probably wondering why I chose the term demonization rather than the popular word demon possession this may actually surprise you listen what he says but the bible never once talks about demon possession The word was popularized in its appearance in the king james version although it appeared in english translations prior to the 1611 king james that right there this is what he says should be reason enough to avoid this language but in addition Mm. we need to consider the emotional impact of the phrase which i believe takes away from the objective discussion of the subject it is difficult for many to disassociate the concept of demon possession from scenes from the movie of the exorcist i would also point out and listen what he says here guys i would also point out The term possession implies ownership and it's very questionable whether Satan or demon owns anything then he says when we turn our attention to the New Testament we discover there are four ways in which the Bible describes demonic influence first there's the Greek word daimonizami which is used 13 times in all of the Gospels and then he says it's unfortunate that the King James always translates this to demon possession and he gives all the verses there in the article he says what's important to know is that every case of demonization involves someone under the influence or control of varying degrees of an indwelling evil spirit the word demonization is never used in the new testament to describe oppression being harassed being attacked or being tempted by a demon in every case the reference of demonization is made to a demon either entering into a person dwelling in a person or being cast out of a person matthew 4 24 mm. and matthew 15 22 are the exceptions to this rule but the parallel passage mark 1 and mark 7 indicate otherwise hence that's what he says to be demonized in the strictest sense of the term is to be inhabited by a demon Then he says, on 16 occasions in the New Testament, reference is made of someone who has a demon. It's twice used by John the Baptist of the accusers, six times the enemies of Jesus use it, eight times someone under the influence, and he gives like 20 verses here. He says, hence to have a demon or to be demonized. Again, what he's saying, and there's no possession, there's no oppression in the Greek or in the New Testament is to be inhabited by a demon. And then he talks about referencing of a demon being indwelt. He says, finally, there's more terminology called vex. It's only used once in the Bible. And then he says, in summary, if a demon indwells or inhabits a person, it's always the case of demonization. Merely to be tempted, harassed, afflicted, or oppressed is not biblical demonization. Demonization mm. always in, entails indwelling. We're, and then he says, We're going to go on and talk about that. So then I want to read two more portions. He says, If I were to tell you that a Christian can be demonized, you would get frightened. But if I were to tell you that a Christian could get hit by a car passing by, you don't get scared why because you simply take the steps to stay out of traffic you don't walk in the middle of a busy street you don't live in constant worry of being hit by the possibility of being hit by a car if a car jumps a curb and chases you you go run inside of a building for protection likewise if it were possible for a Christian to be demonized do not be afraid rather follow the steps outlined in scripture employ the protection made by the Holy Spirit and if you get chased seek refuge in Jesus Christ and then I want to point this last thing out and then I'll get your guys thoughts on this And then he goes on to an argument about people that say, how could the Holy Spirit indwell with an an unholy demon? So how could the Holy Spirit and an unholy demon dwell together? he says we must remember that the Holy Spirit inhabits everything and everyone in the universe even unbelievers of course this does not mean in a saving or sanctifying way the Holy Spirit after all is omnipresent and he dwells everywhere you may also recall from the book of Job where Satan had access to the presence of God indicating that the issue is not about spatial proximity but a personal relationship the Holy Spirit and demons are in close proximity when outside the body so why wouldn't they be able to be in close proximity when they're inside the body finally the holy spirit indwells the christian even the latter still has a sinful nature or sinful flesh in other words if the holy spirit can inhabit the same body with an unholy human sin why would the holy spirit not be able to to dwell in the same place of an unholy demon and if the holy spirit is everywhere wouldn't that mean a demon can't be anywhere following that logic so i know i just read a lot the point is in the bible and I just want to be clear on this. There's no p- oppression or possession. These are not biblical terms. The devil owns nothing. So how could the devil own or possess anybody? The biblical term, and this is what Derek Prince teaches is what Don Dickerman teaches is what Frank Hammond teaches. Um, the biblical term is demonized. So I think to bring clarity to, to the thousands of there's what 5,000 people on to bring clarity, it really does help to start using the term demonize. Don't argue with your pastor about possessed or oppressed or afflicted. Just use the word demonized. And then the reality is if the Holy Spirit dwells everywhere, of course, that's like saying the Holy Spirit can't dwell at a bar. The Holy Spirit can't show up at a club because there's demons and the Holy Spirit and a demon can't dwell together. Of course, the Holy Spirit and a demon can dwell in the same place. And of course, the Holy Spirit's more powerful than the demon. Nonetheless, they can still dwell together. So I, I read a lot. Give me some of your guys' thoughts as I read the article. Is this fair wording or would you guys push back and say, uh, I would still use different terms.
1: Go for it anybody <laughs> I, I think it's great i think he's a genius I, I think and there's a lot of context to a lot of his articles but i think what he says is absolutely right i mean it's it's in line like you said with Derek prince winn all these generals of the past it's demonization that's what it is it's demonization and there's yeah, only think- one remedy cast mm-hmm. them out in the name of jesus that's it
4: that's good what do you think vlad uh, i think apostle was was trying to say something No, go ahead. Uh I think that for for (laughs) Don't make me talk too much, (laughs) y'all. No, 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 no. I I was waiting for the for the the apostle. Um what I when I see Jesus walking into an area, because the argument that most people have is not that people cannot have demons. Their argument is that Christians cannot have demons. Mm -hmm. And the idea is that you can have demons up to the point that you accepted Jesus Christ, because nobody argues that. Everybody agrees that people who don't know Jesus, the spirit of this world, the spirit of disobedience operates in them. And then at the point of salvation, the demons automatically exit. And so Mm. we just don't see one reference in the Bible where demons leave at the point that Jesus comes in. That's right. In fact, we see references, if demons would leave when Jesus comes in, then Jesus wouldn't do Ministry of Deliverance. He would just Mm. be showing up to places. But we see when Jesus shows up, demons would manifest but they didn't leave until they were cast out. Come on. And then Jesus tells His followers to do the same thing. I mean, every reference, the Bible says, He cast them out, He cast them out. You never see one time that Jesus just shows up and they're all gone, they're all manifesting. So the idea that when you become a Christian and you have Jesus inside, that these demons will leave automatically is not Scripture. We just don't see that in the New Testament. Actually, what we do see is the presence of Jesus will cause these demons uncomfortable and they will start manifesting Mm. which explains why many demonized Christians, their lives get harder when they get saved, not Mm. easier because now these demons who lie there dormantly, they start to manifest. Now, the other argument that I've heard a lot lot of times, well, Vlad, if this deliverance ministry is so um, needed, why epistles do not mention the ministry of deliverance? Well, it's interesting that the epistles also don't mention the word discipleship. That's right. Not one reference to a word disciple. But Jesus talks about discipleship. He tells us to go into into all the world and make disciples. So do we now scratch the discipleship as well because it's not referenced in the book of epistles of the apostles? No, we don't. We just they, we see the reference of that, just not the word of discipleship. And so I believe that it's pract- it's supposed to be given to us as Christians. My idea is usually this, is that the lost people need salvation. Sick people need healing, and those that have demons need deliverance. I like that. And we should not
3: discriminate. That's good. Pastor so Mike,
4: what do you think,
0: Christian? Yeah, I've been thinking about
3: this. Yeah, I mean, listen. For years and years, I've dealt with this. I'm just going to throw some things out there for people to think about. I find it very, very interesting that that the people who don't believe that Christians can have a demon do believe. That Christians can have cancer. That's right. And so Come somehow on. or another, the Holy Spirit can dwell in their spirit and then coexist with abnormalities called cancer in their body. And that hey. and they and that makes sense. Or they also believe that it's possible to watch pornography. Thereby the Holy Spirit watches it with you. Go ahead. Because Go he's ahead. inside of you. So somehow watching pornography and having the Holy Spirit inside of you is compatible to them. Dying of cancer and having the Holy Spirit inside of you is compatible, but then we say also a demon can be there and that's somehow not compatible. It's completely illogical. And so a lot of it comes down to pride. And right. I find that the most arrogant, prideful, full of themselves, knowledge of man, the the Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, authorial intention type people it's because they don't believe that they could ever have a demon that they Come impress on. that same mindset on wow. other people there's got god. to be a level of humility for all of us not just pastors and ministers but just just believers to say god could could it be possible you know it's it comes down to presupposition if your presupposition is that Christians can't have demons, you'll read every scripture through that lens. Yes. If your pre, if your presupposition is I think that I could have a demon personally, then you will also read scriptures through that lens. That's how my whole, that's how my whole journey started. I was 15 years old, and I had already cast demons out of other people for the first time. And I went home, locked myself in the bathroom, and I said, God is it possible that I have demons in me? And the Holy Spirit said, it's time, son. Start Come dealing on. with generational stuff. And before you need it, I'm throwing up in my bathtub and manifesting like crazy doing self-deliverance. But I'm telling you, I've been doing this for a long time. And you you, you can take this content I've given you now, to all the heresy hunters, and you're going to feast off of this. And you're going to have you know your 17-minute video off of my 17 seconds I just said. But the one thing that you won't admit is that your pride will not allow you to accept the reality that you might have a demon. And you know what? I'm, this is not a salvation issue. I'll see you in heaven. The difference is I got to be free on planet earth. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. I would
0: say, uh, to, to add to what you said about the, well, the epistles don't state Vlad that to do deliverance and Paul didn't command us to do it. That's the same argument of Jesus precedent. Wasn't enough. So you're telling me that it wasn't enough that jesus did it everywhere that the disciples did it everywhere that the book of acts they did it all the time acts chapter 8 the only known method of evangelism we know is acts chapter 8 philip the evangelist you're telling me that it, it wasn't, it's not good enough. It was like Philip did it, but we shouldn't do it. So I think it's a very poor argument to say, well, the apostles don't command us to cast out demons ever. Yeah, they also don't command us to go online and preach the gospel. They also don't command us Ooh. to be, pat to how to train to be pastors. Yeah, come the on. word pastor is found one time in Ephesians yeah. 4.11. We don't even see the word anymore throughout the, the epistles. So are pastors not supposed to be trained? Are evangelists not supposed to be? Because there's only one evangelist in scripture named, named, named. That's yep. Philip. There's no other evangelist named in Scripture. So now, should we not talk about evangelists? Because there was only one time in Scripture, brother. These are very poor arguments made by men with zero experience. And for all you that say well experience doesn't matter in what world does it not matter imagine you go to the doctor and the doctor says oh by the way i have no experience and you go oh it's okay experience doesn't matter imagine you go to a mechanic and he says oh i need to change your engine do all these but by the way i've never done this before it's my first time when when would you say oh don't worry doctor don't worry mechanic experience doesn't matter experience matters in every area of the world but somehow now in christianity religious men that don't want to be practitioners they only want to have head knowledge they start saying well experience doesn't matter and the only ones that say that have no experience that's yeah. why you're saying it doesn't matter but it actually does matter even when they came to jesus and said are you the one the bible says he cast out demons and healed the sick and told him go tell john what you have seen and heard go tell john your experiences so they did matter so this this whole idea and i know what you guys are trying to say well we don't want to of course we subject our experience to the word of god the word of God's the ultimate authority we don't ever let our experience outweigh the bible we're not saying that what we're saying is this idea that Pastors who never have done deliverance, have never cast out a fly, have never cast a bug out of their house, are coming up and saying, oh, well, brother, it's not about screaming and you don't need to shout and you don't need to vomit. And then I'm like, show me one video of you doing anything spiritual. And there's no, there's nothing. So I would be careful for all of you guys that are allowing leaders and pastors that have zero experience to try to teach you something they know nothing about. Cause the school of experience will teach you a lot more than the school of theology, the school of prophets, the school of experience Derek Prince would always say is where you learn these things, where you start learning. Yeah. Oh yeah, this is the way deliverance works. Oh, this is why people vomit. Oh, this is why people scream. So yeah, it, it is frustrating that we have to keep talking about this, but as yeah. new people come in, it is a real thing. Um, do you, what do you guys think about this idea that people have to, or or the idea that people think they have to come to us? We have this special power, uh, this special anointing. I think it's a good question, Pastor Mike. You were texting in the group this last week. There's this yeah. idea that we have this special anointing and we think, because they always say, well, they just want that people to come to them and get delivered. I would love to never do another deliverance again and for you guys not to come to me. Um, this idea that we want to be these special ministers that everyone comes to is super just del- Illusional? are you do you guys have any thoughts on this when people constantly say you guys just want people to come to you for deliverance and fill your pockets with money as if we're making money off of casting demons out of people
2: Mm -hmm. someone jump
3: in here yeah i mean well i'll just jump on super quick i mean here's the thing Jesus had 12 disciples. Then he commissioned the 70. Then you have a couple hundred in the upper room that turn into a couple thousand. And then you see the work of deliverance continue on through the book of Acts. And so this is a fundamental element of discipleship. I think the biggest tragedy is that here in the American church, we've taught you how to read the Bible, but not do the Bible. Mm. And so that really a fundamental of the first century church that needs to become a fundamental of the 21st century church is casting out demons. And so the The thing is, I've been seeing a lot of people in my chat. You guys have been blowing up my inbox saying, Pastor Mike, we have a problem. There's not going to be a pastor in the actual auditorium of the movie theater when the next showing happens. And I'm like, honestly, it's probably going to be a good thing that a pastor is not in there because now you can actually get some work done for the Lord. And so all believers all believers can and should cast out demons the only thing that i'll caution people though on the other end of the spectrum is make sure you're also asking yourself do i have any demon spirits that need to be cast out of me that could interfere Mm -hmm. with my ability to do deliverance and that's why i think the enemy fights Deliverance because deliverance always has a, a dual effect. It's not just setting other people free, but it's the constant monitoring of yourself because anybody who's done deliverance for an extended period of time will tell you that the demons will call you out in front of people. Yes. You know what I mean? I mean, I've been doing deliverance alongside of team members, and I always talk about the necessity for personal holiness, and I've had demons literally look them in the face and be like, hey, I, I'm going to tell everybody what you did last night. I mean, mm. so I think I think the good news is all of you can do deliverance. The bad news is ask yourself, do you need deliverance before you do deliverance? That's good. <laughs> I
4: think we all have teams that minister alongside with us. If you, if you visit any of our churches, you will see yes. none of us do deliverance alone. We all have right. teams. We all have... Um, structures that are established with and it's not just about us and so and i think this idea that we want to draw all this attention that uh we're doing this you know another question was that you you guys are all doing this for fame yeah you know you guys don't realize those of you who are watching that the bible says when jesus cast out a demon in luke chapter 4 verse 37 it says and the report about him went about to every place in the surrounding region jesus became famous after casting out demons. That's right. We don't do it for fame but because we do it report about this starts going around everywhere and people start coming to our churches they start flocking our churches derek prince said you start doing deliverance you will never have a problem attracting the crowd and so and i think that that's what they need is and just because we're experiencing today the exposure and god is elevating our platform so he can sound the alarm to his body and help people this doesn't mean that that's why we're doing it we were doing it for years yeah, right. and many many more years before this in fact as we're doing a live stream right now you know i get a, um, a message of a person who gave a donation to our ministry with a note and I'm going to read the note I'm not going to mention who this person is and what they gave because that's a lot of people kind of ask for those things He's like thank you pastor Vlad for doing deliverance ministry I watched your videos and I am delivered from a spirit spouse demon it happened at my home I am so and so I mentioned your ministry to other directors and and now people are going to try to come and visit the church and we see these Every single day, people being set free, people being delivered. We're doing it because God wants to set, God heard the cry of His people and He has raised people like us, the servants of God, the Moses of our day who were hiding in the back of the desert. He gave us His presence, His power, the Holy Spirit to go back to Egypt and set His people free. I always like to say that God didn't send Moses to deliver Egyptians from Egypt, but to deliver Israel from Egypt the first deliverance was on the national level where God delivered His people He called them His people not the heathens His people from the grip of bondage through using Moses and we we are those Moseses we are those servants of God whom God has chosen for such a time as this and those of you watching us online right now God wants to equip you that's why you're watching this so God can use you as well this is not just about us we're raising an army we're not just one person that's so
0: good and i would say to the pastors that are mad that the platforms are growing our platforms probably wouldn't grow so fast if you didn't starve your people your your people are <laughs> yeah. literally starving for deliverance miracles healing because you don't give it to them and then you have pastors that have you know nine members in their church and they're like well i'm small because i'm the remnant and because i'm being persecuted and i'll never grow big because but i'm like no you're being you're small because you don't pray you don't fast people aren't getting healed people aren't getting delivered why would anyone want to go to a church where god's power is not being displayed mm. And so I love what you said, Vlad, because the Bible says Jesus' fame spread when he cast out demons. We're not trying to become famous. We can care less about fame. In fact actually deliverance makes us hated by a lot of people i i there's a lot of people that won't connect with me because they're like oh you cast out demons and they're like yeah i don't want to be involved in that so there, pastor greg you could talk about this there's a lot of persecution i think you said something and i'm butchering it you're here so you can say it but you said something like i have taken more heat for deliverance than anything (laughs) from cnn anything from you know the news media talk to us a little bit about when you got into deliverance some of the heat you took
1: or some of the backlash you took Yeah, you take really, since 2015, all of the controversies combined, and we've had a a gaggle of them, right? All of them combined does not compare to how many friends I lost, how many meetings I lost, and how many people were upset when we moved into... Uh, deliverance, basically, what, a year and a half ago? I mean, it seems like 10 years ago, really, crazy. because so many people are looking to us at this point, but it's just amazing how many people just went buck wild mad, and we just we stirred their demons up, but now the movie is starting to bring a lot of those people back, and they're like, yes. wow, maybe they're yeah. not nearly as crazy and as fantastical as I thought, and this, I had an epiphany spiritually when I was preaching Sunday, and uh, I just, I said it. And I'm gonna go back and I thought, man, what what a developed thought. I said, you know what, here I was for all of these decades, an absolute cessationist. And I was talking about witchcraft. And I said, you know what's interesting? There's no such thing as a satanic cessationist. They mm. know they have power. Witches Mm. know they have power. Warlocks know they have power, right? And the church denies the reality of having power. Why does the devil get to have all the fun? Why does he get the power and we get nothing? How come he gets miracles and we get Jack Spratt? Are you kidding me? Come And so there are no new age practitioners that are cessationists. So shame on the church theologically that has put God in a box and says, well, you know, God doesn't work that way anymore. Well, maybe not at your church, but I'm watching it every day and I'm not putting God back in a box and I can't unsee what I've unseen. And I'm not going back to Egypt because God's delivered us and we're on the other side and we are watching the Shekinah glory of God. And you can't buy that. I don't care how many people walk away. They can try to burn our tent down. Fathom cannot even want to rerun the movie. But the fact is the trains left the station. Deliverance (laughs) is out of the box. It's the children's (laughs) bread and it's not going anywhere. So they can get in the army or they can get shot up by the people that are in the army. But I'm telling you, deliverance is going to happen with or without them. This is the last day's revival. God's pouring out his spirit upon all flesh. And Joel 2.13 is plain. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord in those last days shall be delivered. There's a reason to use that word. Amen. So good.
0: Up. Come on now. That's like Pastor Mike at the end of the movie when he stands up and goes, that was yeah. fire. That's the best part. Uh, Pagani, you posted something. What you're what you're saying, Greg, is nothing can stop what God is doing. I've heard, which it's such a dumb argument. Some of these arguments are so dumb, I feel dumb repeating them, so I'm sorry. But I've heard it said, you know, if these people are coming to your services with demons, why wouldn't the demons prevent them from coming to your service, which is just... Such a laughable argument because obviously people don't know how the free will or demons work pagani tell us a little bit about what you posted because you had people telling you well how is it these people that have demons are coming to your service wouldn't the demons stop them from coming talk to us a little bit about the post you made because i think it's clear that what greg just said is that the devil can't stop religious people can't stop it this is a freight train and you're in a smart car and we're going head on and you're trying to stop the train but god is doing it this is god's work the deliverant, ministry of deliverance is not our work. Let's be clear. It is God's work. It's Jesus' work, his ministry. But yeah, tell us a little bit about Pagani, the the post you made. I loved it.
2: Yeah, you know, um, one of the things that I'm, in, in this season, I'm doing is I'm being very, you know, very observant. I'm listening more to see what what people are saying, you know, and there's been a a proverbial idiom that's been... Um, catching wind, you know, within the last couple of weeks, and maybe even before that, you know, where various uh, ministers would say, you know, um, how can a person be uh, demonized and have a demon living inside of them? And then the demon allow them to go to church, sit Mm. through a service, and on cue at the end, manifest, like, that doesn't make sense. Mm. But it does make sense, because in Mark chapter 5, verse 9, when we see the story of the man with Legion, one of the first things you see that the text says before even, de- before even Jesus dialogued with Legion, mm. the text mm. says, the man ran up, bowed down yep. and mm. worshiped him. And then the dialogue began uh, between Jesus and Legion. So what does this mean? Very simple, that as well as God, not overriding human will, demons also cannot ride human will. So if the person genuinely wants to be set free, no demon in hell can stop them. So yes, demonize and even a possessed person, if they feel they wanna be free, even though they are possessed, let's use that for the sake of demonization. And then let's just say someone else that's just completely given over. If a person is looking for freedom, not no devil in hell can stop them. So so when I hear so when I hear the, these proverbial idioms that kind of rise up, you know, to try to contradict the ministry of deliverance, which usually just comes from some person thinking about things from a natural perspective. Yes, yes, um, yeah. They get they kind of confuse themselves, so they'll they'll they'll, they'll say things like that, but it's actually not scriptural. Yeah. You know, legion allowed the man to go to Jesus, bow down, yeah. worship, and then. The dialogue happened between him and jesus so i threw that out there and it was like a light bulb went off the, the, the post went viral that thing went everywhere pastors and leaders were hitting me up because they themselves were being attacked by that particular idiom with maybe some particular online creators and and content creators that, that were that was saying that but it, it's it's not scriptural it's definitely not scriptural i love
0: what you said and you know there's these guys that They just are so obsessed with being against deliverance. They spend so much time. It's like if you don't believe it, If you don't believe in the fairy tale, are you going to spend your whole life trying to disprove the fairy tale? Or, I mean, the tooth fairy. If you're like, I don't believe in the tooth fairy, then why did you make 20 videos trying to disprove the tooth fairy? And there's these guys (laughs) that don't believe in deliverance. They say it's not real. What we're doing is fake. Yet they have 30 plus videos about us continually. And I'm like, maybe maybe there's something to it if you're spending so much energy and time trying to disprove it. And in reality, we're just going back to the ministry that Jesus did. It's still happening. It's still on the earth today. It's alive and well and God is is still delivering his people. And the beauty is he doesn't need your permission. God's not checking in with you to say, hey, by the way, I'm gonna do this and I wanted to know if it's okay with you. God is not looking to ask the permission of crusty, dusty religious people that don't believe the word. And, and and then it's like you have these guys that say, oh, yeah, I believe witchcraft has power. I love what you said, Greg. I believe witchcraft has power. I believe the new age and the mediums, but I don't believe that we as a church have power. It's like, what are you even yeah. talking about? You believe in the yeah. power of Satan, but you don't believe in the <laughs> power of God. So I would encourage some of you break off of this spirit of confusion the spirit of religion that has plagued you and tormented you that has kept you silent and kept you bound for so long because god is doing something don't miss what God is doing. Repent and say, God, change the way I think. If I see this in scripture, I believe it. I wanna be a part of it. I had someone just this last week who has a pretty big name online, decided to you know learn about deliverance, get deliverance. And they told me, I'll be, I won't use their name, but they said literally all of my pastor friends and leaders and people that are against it, cause they were against it. They unfollowed me, they blocked me, they deleted me. They didn't say like, let's talk, let's reason. They're just so angry. They're so angry mm-hmm. about the fact that we're casting out devils they're so angry about the ministry of deliverance and i'm like i think you might have a demon on board if you're so mad mm-hmm. about casting out demons could it be the thing driving you as a demon could it be the thing in you making you so angry as an unclean spirit Mine. so i think this persecution yeah that jesus faced is still happening today mm-hmm. um what are you guys thoughts on
2: some of the persecution you're seeing with the church persecuting the ministry of jesus i'm like what yeah, is going you, on here you, 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 You know, something that one of my pastors, Pastor Emmanuel, said something to me recently, you know, because let's just let's just be honest here. We don't really watch as much of the, you know, antagonizers when they do their videos. I might catch a couple here or there, you know, Um, but he said something to me that was just really so true. I hadn't noticed it before because I don't stick around long for those videos. Right. He said, Pastor, you know, it's one thing to feel like you trying to provide some authentic correction for error. But now many of these content mm-hmm. creators emotionally you could yes. see that they've gotten personal, that mm-hmm. it has gotten immensely personal and that they're bitter and that they're yeah, that's angry good. and and it's no longer the 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 uh that which started off as genuine concern for the body of Christ concerning jumping into some sort of arrow sensationalism now has turned into vendettas. It's now yeah. vendettas against various various channels where now they're nitpicking and you can see the hostility in their videos and he actually said something about uh in one of you know someone nitpicking concerning your passion isaiah and then you did the video where you said now passion is a sin you know yeah now it's a sin to be passionate you're heretic and you scream and shout right so Mm. um so when they pointed that out to me I, i actually went to this particular video and the Only thing that was oozing out of this particular uh, content creator's page, you can see the hostility that's there, that they were actually even getting confused while they were talking because they had stepped into a place of being enraged. It's kind of like when... Here's here's part of the story that people don't remember concerning the first time that Jesus cast out of demons in the temple. If you read the next verse, it says the people were enraged. They got enraged, they grabbed Jesus, and were going to him over the cliff this yep. is where and this is what i believe is it must actually have been reformed happening. yes this is what's actually <laughs> happening because this is a god thing and it can't be stopped and they haven't listened to the old words of gamaliel just let it be and let it run yep. its course because now it's getting national international platform It's causing there to go from authentic concern to now personal vendettas. And now they're seeping over into the realm of what they're not being guided by the fruit of the spirit. They're being guided by the works of the flesh. And it's now spilling and bleeding over into their content. And it's actually noticeable. It's actually noticeable that I had to turn away. And I said, I actually prayed for this particular individual. And I said... Man, Lord, it's not that bad. You know, whether we believe a Christian can have a demon or not, or uh, the ministry of deliverance, it's not a salvation issue. Let me say this again for those of you who are watching. The ministry of deliverance is not a salvation issue. Whether a Christian believes that a Christian can be demonized or whatever the case may be, nobody is going to hell for this particular (laughs) thing. Now it's getting to the point where, content creators are getting really, really personal. And now I just want to encourage you. You're fighting against the goads You're fighting against that, which is God. Just pray about mm-hmm. it and continue to just release videos that you've been doing. But now you're making it a vendetta and it's bleeding yeah. out into your content. And now it's no longer about Christ. Now it's longer about your vendetta, your agenda and what you have in your heart. And you need to let it go. Just let it go.
0: And I'm just gonna say this some of y'all are making Calvinism look terrible if that's what you're trying to do You're doing a good job because every time I see one of these angry guys on YouTube They're always a reformed Calvinist and I'm like is this what Calvinism is? Are you just always i that's actually the only ones I've seen that do it They're these Calvinists are so mad so angry They're ad hominem constantly attacking our character constantly attacking. Yeah. Oh look. He's wearing glasses Oh, look how fast he talks as if that has anything to do with theology But they're just so angry about the fact that we believe that Jesus is still casting out demons. They're so Angry about the fact that we believe the power of the Holy Spirit is alive and well They're so angry at the fact that we're actually out doing this stuff And so there's just a spirit of anger there really is there of course this will be on their videos, too So they'll clip this and they'll use all this content But the thing is it's like man, don't be so angry don't get bitter get better And if, if you're so mad about it stop watching our videos if our videos make you so triggered and so mad It's like do you like being mad that you have to keep watching it just is to me I could be missing something. It's a very poor representation on the Calvinist and the Reformed community to constantly, every video, be so angry about someone's a heretic. Every, it's like the Chosen came out, her, they said it was heresy. The asbury revival happened they said it was heresy the jesus revolution happened they said it was heresy the D- come out in jesus name came out they said it was heresy in my mind i'm like what is not heresy literally you're out watching all the marvel movies okay with it but all the christian movies are all <coughs> heresy to you so i think it's a really poor look and i think it's a reason why and i listen i i, I, I care less i'll say whatever i want to say it's a reason why cessationism is dying they keep crying about it. Oh, yeah. cessationism's dying. Uh, charismatic movement's the fastest growing movement in the world of any religion. We don't know why cessation move, movement is dying. I'm like, just watch one of your own videos and we'll tell you why it's dying because you're bitter mm-hmm. at everything spiritual, everything God is doing. You have something negative to say about it. It's like, man, at what point are we just excited? I saw all these well known reformed guys making videos about how the Jesus revolution was false. And I'm like, hippies getting saved revival happening you have negative like just what what is it that there's just negative about everything going on right now spiritual and i think it is a plan of the enemy but in jesus name sorry guys to make it all gloomy in jesus name we are overcoming and we're going to continue to push forward regardless of what's happening so so greg why don't you uh close us out with prayer but before you do that talk to us really quick where can they go if they want to see this movie they want to be a part give us some final instructions on seeing the movie getting tickets so that we could pack these theaters out and then i'll have you Mom. pray just a prayer of deliverance you know obviously you don't have to do a 30-minute mass deliverance but there's many in the chat that are new that need deliverance so why don't you tell us where we could get our things uh commission us to go out to get see this movie to be a part of this deliverance
1: movement and then just pray a prayer of mass deliverance over everyone absolutely they can still go to come out in jesusname.com and it'll pop up you know april 10 and 11 and hopefully even more days the interesting thing is we're now, I think, up to two thousand five hundred and thirty-six theaters. So wow. they've added, you know, five hundred and thirty some odd theaters. So the little mom and pops that weren't necessarily AMC and Regal and, and uh, Cinemark, they've added a lot of those. And so you can find it in your area without having to drive too far. So come out in Jesusname.com. I just posted all the channels to- right now. Every channel yes, is Twitter getting spammed. So you. Get individual or group sales. There's still a group sale on there, and uh, it's gonna be beautiful. And let me and let me tell you something from a practical standpoint about us getting ready to pray, know this. Uh, Our kids are under attack, and here's why I'm saying that. The movie deals a lot with that, so parents, please understand, you've got to go through and clean things out of your house. Here's why. If I can get up on a screen in 2,000 theaters and demons can come out through a screen, then demons can come in through a screen. Make Mm. sure you are not opening your children up to witchcraft. Get that Harry Potter nonsense out of their bedroom, all this Twilight stuff that these moms are reading. Get that mess out of your house. I'm telling you, if demons can come out through a screen, then demons can come in you through a screen. That is an open door. And so, look, get all that witchcraft out of your house. And I think it's important to say that. And it just dawned on me. Here we are. We have the authority to cast out a demon through a movie screen. So then don't think a door can't be opened through a movie screen. It's a portal. And so, Can can I say something real quick? Go ahead. Yes, sir.
3: Greg, I want to tag team preach with you. I
1: just mentioned this last
3: Sunday. I did real deep research on this. I've got the most up to date statistics. It is estimated that there's 1.4 million Presbyterians in America, but that there are now 1.5 million witches. Mm. So, and this, I'll send the link to you guys. Uh, A major uh, magazine actually published this first. That means for the very first time in American history, there are more witches than Presbyterians in America. Wow. That, that wow. right there oh, yeah. is like crazy to think about. So I just wanted to confirm what you're saying. Witchcraft is on the rise. We've been telling people that it can come through screens. And now as they are building their army, 1.5 million witches in America, more, pre- more witches than Presbyterians, this should be a wake-up call.
0: Yeah, and I think even what happened just yesterday, which is so heartbreaking, the whole nation's torn over this, is a sign that we need deliverance right now so badly. We need freedom because we've really celebrated uh, the trans movement mental illness in America. We've uplifted in the last four or five school shooters we're identifying as transgender. So when you, yep. when you yep. idolize this ideology and when you celebrate people coming out as trans and you celebrate really mental illness, and we could go deeper, but we won't, then this is the nation that you get. We massively need deliverance because mm-hmm. these school shootings are not gonna stop by taking guns. They're not gonna stop by changing laws. They're not gonna stop by, they're gonna stop by when people are get free by the power of the Holy Spirit, when these demons come mm-hmm. out of people. And as the church, it's our job to do that. So I wanted to add that, but go ahead, Greg. Oh, good. I know we,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's pray. Just yes, wherever you're at right you, now, Lord. I just want you to just open yourself up and be ready for what the Holy Spirit wants to do for you. Jesus said, if I by the finger of God cast out devils, you know the kingdom of God has come unto you. And so right now on this stream, you can experience the kingdom of God. We come against every spirit of witchcraft right now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. The spirit of the Ouija board, just right now while we're talking, if you've ever been involved in yoga, healing crystals, burning sage, whatever it may be, just start confessing it right now, out loud. Death and life from the power of the tongue. And we come against every spirit of witchcraft, every form of divination, the python spirit, every form of sorcery. You will come all the way up and all the way out in the mighty name of Jesus. We come against the spirit of religion, which is a spirit of witchcraft. Every spirit of religion, every denominational spirit of doubt, we come against you right now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. You will loose the people and you will let them go in Jesus' mighty name. We come against the spirit of unforgiveness, any molestation. The spirit of rape and incest, that curse, we break the generational curse of incest in Jesus' name. We speak healing over your mind. The spirit of fear, wow, there's a lot of fear out there, no doubt about it. Every spirit of fear, we condemn you right now Mm. in the name of Jesus, the God of Israel testifies against you. All phobias, whatever it is, fear of demons, fear of death, fear of the Mm. unknown, fear of failure, fear of the future. We come and get fear of clowns. All these things that people are just absolutely a fear of the dark, we come against you right now. God's not giving you the spirit of fear, but of love, power, and of a sound mind. Right now, just renounce that fear. Say, fear, I renounce you in the name of Jesus. We come against every spirit of infirmity. You heard about cancer tonight being healed. Every spirit of cancer, every spirit of rheumatoid yes. arthritis, spirit of scoliosis, eye trouble, deaf spirit, mute spirit. We come against all of you come right on. now in the name of Jesus. We come against you So just take authority over it. That spirit of unforgiveness that's causing that bitterness in your heart right now. In Jesus' mighty name, we come against that bitterness. We come against that hurt. We come against all of that molestation that you experienced as a child. Spirit of abandonment. Spirit of abandonment right now, come up and out. All spirit of rejection and every spirit of self-rejection and Mm self-pity, come out. Come out right now in Jesus' mighty name spirit of death, we come against you. Every spirit of death causing suicidal thoughts, suicidal tendencies, that generational curse of suicide in your family. As Pastor Vlad says, it ran in Mm. your family until it ran into you. And right now, we come against every suicidal thought, every spirit of Santeria, every spirit of death. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke you. So you know what you're dealing with. You know what you're feeling. You know what's coming up right now. Just tell it, come up and out. The best thing you can do is take authority over it. It'll listen to you a whole lot quicker than it listens to one of us. And you just say, come out right now. In the name of Jesus, take authority over it in Jesus' mighty name. So, Father, we speak peace over every watcher and hearer of this broadcast. Holy Spirit in every room, Mm. in in every cubicle, wherever they are right now, in their bedroom, in their living room, Father, right now, would your love completely immerse them. We thank you that perfect love casts out fear, and we know fear has torment. So, Father, would you love them right now to the place that those demons cannot stand the presence of the Father, and Mm. they begin to manifest right now, and they come all the way up and all the way out. We speak healing and we speak victory in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen
0: guys if you still need more deliverance I know a lot of you are asking I'm going to have each one of us say where our church is at what our church name is because there's 5,000 people on a lot of people don't know all of us even though we might assume they do and uh for me you can come to life song in Stockton California we do deliverance every service every Sunday you can also go on my website Isaiah slash deliverance we have about 2500 people all over the world that are actively casting out demons if you need a person in your area go to the map find someone in your area and contact them every day we take people off and add people so if you're like they didn't respond they had a bad experience email us we're removing and adding people every single day we have someone every day working on the map so you can go there Pagani where could they go I would like you guys all quickly to say your church where it's at
2: so those that need deliverance in your area could could get plugged in with the church too well you can look us up if you're in the New York City Bronx area amazing church New York City um not only that but April 10th we're going to be in Port Chester movie theaters in